Hi, good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining. This is Sustainable Travel Japan. And today we are focused on Okayama. And today I have an Okayama resident, Dave Olson, joining me. Thank you so much, Dave. I'm not just an Okayama resident, I'm an Okayama super fan. Nice, nice. And I am a, based in Hiroshima, Japan. Which is a neighbor, a close neighbor yep. of Okayama, and I have been to Okayama many times.、Uh, so, we're going to talk about kind of travel unusual. We're going to touch on what are the top sites, but we're also going to recommend places that you might not find in your typical travel guides, right, Dave? That sounds Excellent to me. I have several ideas. In fact, we could, do, we could do a whole series on the joys of Okayama, but we'll try to condense it into one solid, succinct episode. So, this overlooked, very overlooked prefecture, when I tell my overseas friends where I live in Japan, I say Okayama, and they go, Osaka? I'm like, nope. Okinawa? Nope. It, well, is it near Tokyo? Nope. Well, what's it famous for? Peaches. And still, hardly any reaction. But it's a wonderful place with so many interesting things. So I'm ready for it. Great. All right. So, what's it famous for? That's a good question. We're going to get into that a little bit later.、Um, where is it? Great question. So, let's look at the map from the Okayama travel site.、Uh, it's basically right there, smack in the middle of Japan,、uh, not too far from Osaka, very close to Hiroshima, right next door. Uh, it has an international airport. It has it、sure、very good access by trains.、Mm-hmm. Um, you can also travel to and from by boat, ferry. It's kind of the gateway to Shikoku Island. You can see Shikoku down there、uh, below Okayama. So, a lot of the things that I love to do when I visit. Okayama is to go on the coast there where you can see the amazing Seto Ohashi bridges that go across to Shikoku. And、uh, you have some interesting places along the coast there that we're going to mention later, like Kojima Jean Street.、Um, there's also a mountain there. I, I wrote a note because I didn't know the name of it Mount Washuzan. Where you can go up and you can see the beautiful bridges view over to Shikoku Island. So it actually is really close to Shikoku. It's kind of hard to tell from that map.、Mm-hmm. Um, they also have a really crazy amusement park up there at Mount Washuzan. Have you been there? I've seen it, Dave. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen it. And you know, I wasn't actually sure if it was operational. Sometimes in Japan, you have the, the old bubble, skele- bubble era skeletons of. Theme parks and restaurants, or, but I'm not really a theme park a target market. So I've seen it there like some hulking dinosaur, but、um, I'm, 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 I, I'm not equipped to adequately describe its functionality. But I, but I will say, while you're describing its location, if I can jump in. Yeah,、um, one of the great things about Okayama and why I love living here is because it makes a great hub to everywhere else. Now, this seems like throwing shade on Okayama, like it's a great place to go somewhere else. But、um, what I mean is, you, if you base in Okayama for your trip, you can kind of have your Japan sampler pack as you have all these great sites in Okayama, which we'll discuss in detail, but also Hiroshima, 
back and forth, easy day trip. Himeji, which is the best castle, if you're going to see one castle in Japan, that's the one to see. It's the next Shinkansen stop from Okayama Station. I can be to Kyoto and back in 45 minutes, or you know, one way, 45 minutes. I haven't actually done it because of this state of emergency, but you can. And staying in Okayama, your hotel is going to be maybe a third of the price as it would be in Kyoto. Sure, we have an international airport here, which is called Momotaro, which is Peach Boy, which is the famous folktale, which is a, a fascinating thing itself. But it's the cutest little airport. It's international and also gives you the quick direct uh, quick flights to Tokyo to then switch on overseas. But also, if you need to get to Osaka for... Uh, you know, being a being an, uh, a foreigner in Japan, often you have to go to embassies and consulates and um, big international airports and international services. Osaka is a Kobe and Osaka is a really easy shot over. And one other note about Shikoku: in between Okayama and Shikoku, in the inland sea, the Seto Naikai is filled with the most adorable, wonderful featured episode Naoshima which is technically in Kagawa Prefecture, though you access yeah. it from Okayama. But, but it's there is very a, a, a close. It's very close to yeah, yeah, yeah. Okayama. So yeah, can... I almost, I was going to mention Naoshima and Teshima because they're so close to Okayama. But you actually have uh, other very close islands. And because yeah. we're talking about the coast there, and I see that Saki has joined. Saki from Okayama says, Thanks for talking about my hometown. Thanks, Saki. Um, I saw that Saki went to Ushimado. Now, Ushimado mm -hmm. is one of my favorite uh, areas in Setuchi City. And before I forget, I really want to mention Setuchi City has gone for it with renewable energy. They have a huge solar farm out there. And not only that, um, their solar farm, uh, they have retained some of the natural habitat for birds. And the it used to be like a salt-making area, and they kept the marshes. And they're doing solar, but they're also like maintaining that natural habitat and cleaning the water. 80,000 homes can be powered by this solar farm. So definitely worth mentioning. Uh, not far from this Setuchi city area is a really cute place. I want to mention because it's so hard to get vegan food in Japan. But mm -hmm. this guy, this young entrepreneur has taken over an old Japanese farmhouse, beautiful place. And he makes the most amazing vegan food and uh, organic food. He sources everything locally. And one of the most delicious things he sells is this awesome vegan burger it's, the name of the company is Urbinmu, and he also started a catering company where he does vegan foods to businesses and residents around the area so he's more influential than just someone running a shop so i wanted to give him a shout out um have you been to ushimaro dave i haven't i haven't really had a chance to explore a lot of the inland sea islands yet but um, a, a, a noteworthy foreign writer, Amy Chavez, uh, lives on one of these islands. Shira, 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 da, 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 Shira Ishii. I want to talk there about Shira Ishii next. But and yeah, let's... she's got an adorable bar and there's a great guest house. So this is on my list. There's Ino, Inojima 
uh, yeah, Ojima. yeah, Dave, don't don't mention yeah. all these. They're coming. They're okay, coming. all right, all right. Let's stick with Ushimado because uh, Ushimado <laughs> is a really cute port area, and I know Saki just went there the other day. Uh, mm -hmm. She was at Hotel Limani, where I also stayed when I was there. And the thing that I really like about Hotel Limani, it's been taken over uh, by a new company, and they brought in a bunch of international staff. Now, this pool looks great. Unfortunately, it's only for photos, and you're not allowed to even put your feet in it. It's just for a reflection pool, but it looks nice. Um, what I loved about uh, staying here was all the international staff and the flexibility of everything. You see these amazing olives here? So the olives that they serve in the hotel are from the parking lot olive trees that they <laughs> noticed had beautiful olives on. And so being an international uh, company, they started using them and making their own olive marinade and serving it as an appetizer. And I thought, what great use of a local resource to make a product that they can add to their branding, right? And if yeah. you go up the hill, there's the beautiful olive garden, uh, right. which has amazing views of the whole Setunaikai area. And let me see, Olive Garden views. You haven't been there yet? No, I've been, to, I've been to Olive Garden. I've oh, you did? I've been to Olive okay. Garden because I had to send a, a witty tweet out to the world saying, not that Olive Garden. If there's somewhere serving good coffee with a view, that's that's sort of what I seek out. I'm good at museums and coffee with a view. It's sort of my specialty. I'm glad you said that because there is an awesome coffee place at the top of the garden now. And it's run by a young couple, and they are doing so many things that I love. It's called Morningside Cafe. I hope it's still open. It was there when I went a couple years ago. Uh, they have awesome views of the Seitunaikai from their remodeled room that they made into a cafe. They are connecting with some local products by collaborating with the denim from the area, denim industry, making their own yep. brand of denim overalls, which they wear in the shop. And they're also collaborating with a local pottery by serving all their beautiful coffee, fair trade coffee, direct trade coffee from around the world in this awesome Bizen Yaki local Bizen pottery cups. And uh, just the nicest couple. One other thing that I love to see them doing is promoting uh, refilling your water and yeah. using local water. Um, the style that they use in the Bizen pottery vase and then using like a shrine type water ladle. I just thought, what a stylish, cool place. I was so happy to find that. Yeah, such great attention to detail and, and having Bizen right here is such a treasure. Um, we'll probably talk about Bizen more, but just before I forget, I, uh, we, for our wedding, for our gift bag, we made 142 Bizen Yaki Sake cups, which were not a thrifty proposition, but they were awesome. But for us, one of the fun things was going to the middle of the night to Bizen to the firing, because it's a multi-day long firing, uh, where they build the kiln around the, they stack all the ceramic, the raw ceramics. And then they build the kiln around it and fire, wood fire it for several days. And you'll notice in, in your picture there of the coffee that it's not uh, 
you know, shiny glaze. The details comes from the ash and the flame. And it's a really wonderful experience to, to witness that centuries-old tradition. One of seven noted pottery styles of Japan. I had someone asking what the name of the vegan place was. It's Eru Benmu. It's kind of difficult. So I just wrote it in the comments there. <laughs> it's kind of difficult to remember. I'm not sure what it means, but yeah. Hold, hold uh, on, I have a visual aid. Uh, uh, my lovely oh, wife beautiful. just brought over. Look at that cup. Yeah. Uh, and and you see it has a little stamp in there of a maple leaf, which we kind of used as a symbol through our wedding um, art as it, um, you know, Idioko is an arborist and I'm used to be Canadian. Am I getting that right there? Uh, so uh, that little motif, which was a hand carved stamp, uh, went into all the, the cups. So each one was unique and original. And there was several of them uh, don't survive the firing. That's just kind of part of the process, which is another kind of interesting metaphor for the art. Bizenyaki. And Bizen is somewhere that I want to mention. Mm. Um, it's actually, it has a different name. Uh, it's a little bit confusing for me or for many outsiders traveling around Okayama because um, a lot of the names are reused in different areas. So around this Setouchi area, you have the Bizen Osafune Sword Museum, mm -hmm. which is super cool. Samurai swords, uh, they have a workshop in the back where they make some of the samurai swords. Unfortunately, it wasn't open when I was there, but I was able to see the samurai sword shop and some of the swords, these amazing swords were like 300,000 yen. Uh, you know, they're not <laughs> cheap, but they're so beautifully handcrafted still. So you're preserving that culture and the tradition of sword making in that area. So that's in the same Setouchi area that we're talking about right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's right close by there. And you know, when I I, I always mention to, to folks that Japan is such a great place to travel with with kids, and and uh, it seems like swords are, are are dangerous or whatever. But this is a wonderful place to take uh, kids. And then they also have a recreation of an old timey workshop that has all the old artifacts and ephemera of the way that they used to do it, as well as a galleries of all the swords. And then you mentioned the workshop where they're actually making. Uh, new swords as well, but it's that's in the same general area, yeah. Before, before we leave the area, I just want to share some more images from that Limani Hotel, which is right there on the coast. Um, also, uh, one of the things I love is that they have outdoor terraces. Uh, this is something lacking in Japan. It's great to see places making use of the outside. Uh, if it's a bit chilly, you've got those those heater parasols, which actually work pretty well to send the heat straight down. Um, I find it a bit hot on my head, but uh, they also had these this gorgeous lounge with a big fireplace. So it's kind of nice to see uh, like a community space in a hotel. This is quite rare to see. And we actually went to Maijima, which is right opposite the Ushimado port. And Maijima, mm -hmm. it, which means front island, if you literally translate it, and just had beautiful sunset and sunrise pictures from the same Maijima island. 
So it was a really special place. Hardly any visitors go there. Um, there's lots of good walking areas, like hiking up to a view to see views of the Setunaikai. Um, easy access from this Limani Hotel is right on the coast um, and right next to the port. So a very short ferry ride to this Maijima Island. And you can easily cycle around or do lots of great hikes around. Have you been there, Dave? I haven't been there, but I just dropped a link into uh, Uno Port Inn, which is the access point to go into some of the other islands. Specifically, we mentioned uh, not in Okayama, Naoshima, but uh, Uno Port Inn was another cute little hotel. It's kind of a cheap and cheerful, uh, great for kind of backpackers. But in, one of the things I really liked about it is you can go right from Okayama Station, ride a city bus all through the countryside, go right to the hotel, stay there, and they have fantastic coffee on a little patio. Sometimes they have jazz there. And then outside in the, the town of Uno, they had a great ex exhibition of, of art all made from washed up plastic that is the scourge of our, our planet. And they made these fantastically huge fish and wild boar and whatnot from all washed up uh, plastic as an environmental uh, statement and whatnot. So another fun... Uh, uh, another fun place where it has a nice community vibe and you can meet some other travelers and whatnot. Cause yeah, a lot of Japanese hotels are not for meeting people. Yeah. Well, there, you know, like it's the traditional idea, like you're just, you're just wanting to stay there and yeah. have your own breakfast by yourself or, you know, but it's nice to see backpacker hostels move uh, open up where they have the community space and then a nice hotel like this on the coast as well to have this community yeah. space where people can sit together around a fireplace and read books and drink from the bar or drink coffee. I just, I love that idea and you just don't see it very often. Uh, before we move away from Ushimado, I wanna mention they have their own craft beer, which is pretty awesome. And uh, Dopo beer is also very popular, another craft brand. Dopo's love... headquarters is right by our house, like two kilometers oh, really? away. Right, oh. and so for my birthday recently, we, we went and got some of the refillable flip top jugs. So great recyclable uh, bottles yeah. and they have a brew pub um, and restaurant right there. We got uh, these ridiculous uh, kind of bento from uh, them that we brought home because they're takeaway only right now, but the great flip top bottles. And this was one of the original craft breweries in Japan because before 1996, there was only the major four breweries in Japan. 1996, the laws changed. They were a family-owned, centuries-old sake maker who then branched out to beer. So they are one of the, the pioneers of craft brewing in Japan. Uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize Dopo was a, a local brand. I It's something that I loved craft beer for ages. And then realizing that it was a local Okayama brand was really fun. I love that. Plus, Ushimado, which is just a tiny area, has its own craft beer as well. And they wow. have near uh, that Ushimaro port, they also have this really nice little shrine, uh, beautiful woodworking. I know that one of the wooden structures was burnt down, but the existing one is just gorgeous. Uh, this view here, this is from the Maijima Island. So we did a hike up to a viewpoint. You can see so far uh, along the Setonaikai, uh, all the islands around the area. 
they have their really cute manhole covers. This is kind of a thing around <laughs> Japan to have your own manhole cover um, for your area. And the Ushimara one was really cute. It shows the olives, which is the local produce, sailing, and then the pagoda, which is from the Ushimaro shrine. So I thought that was a really nice one. Um, do you have a favorite manhole cover, Dave? Uh, the, around uh, Okayama, the, 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 the variations on the Momotaro. As many times that I've heard this Momotaro folktale, I don't totally understand, which as many times I understand, it's a boy born from a peach and there's a pheasant and a monkey and they kill a giant and it's the weirdest thing, and it's all over the place here. The city really leans in, as they say, to this folk story, including the manhole covers. And I also recently learned about a thing called Pokemon that's apparently quite popular. And there's Pokemon check-in points on manhole covers, which I totally don't understand. But I'm saying here to make it seem like I understand. I didn't know that about Pokemon. Um, I'm, I have a picture here of uh, Okayama City street and you can see something which is the theme <laughs> theme of the local area and it might not be obvious to people outside the area but that is a peach it's not something rude right um, but yeah <laughs> this is the scene that greets you right as you step out of okayama station and yes when my foreign friends came to visit they all definitely had a laugh at that and uh it is a, it is a peach and also, when we got uh, married and when we welcomed our baby, the uh, city government gave us peach trees. So we have two peach trees in our backyard to commemorate those significant events. Wow. And one of them even started having little peaches on it this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, so... we're all about the peaches. And once you've eaten the local peaches, you will think, why? how can you survive a day without eating one of these peaches? They're the most magnificent thing, aside from Totori's. 20th century pears, nashi pears. That's amazing. I, I, put those, I put those on equal footing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's show the statue here of Momotaro, which you mentioned before. I grew up in Hawaii learning about the Peach Boy uh, Momotaro <laughs> story. So I'm very familiar uh, with Momotaro, who was uh, born out of a peach and to a couple that couldn't have their own children. And then he was a miracle baby born out of a peach. And then as he grew up, he was such a hero that he wanted to fight the local demons. And so he got his friends, the dog, the pheasant, and the monkey to join him on this adventure to go and fight the demons. And along the way to make friends and to get them on his team, he bribed them with kibidango, which kibidango, is the local yeah. uh, kind of mochi, pounded mochi from the area. And you can see kibidango uh, sold in all the stores as yeah. well. Kibidango. Yeah. And, and, this, and the local football team, the local soccer team is called Fagiano. I'm like, why are they using an Italian name for the Fagiano is Italian for pheasant. There we go. Brings it all back to Momotaro. Wow. Look at that. I didn't eh? know that. If yeah. there was a trivia night, you would be winning big. <laughs> That's so interesting. Okay, let's go to the city. Because if anybody travels here um, by train, you will arrive at Okayama Station. Yeah. And there are things to see and do uh, in the city center near the station. 
some places I would recommend if you're looking for somewhere to eat. A woman who I interviewed on the series, Teresa, she runs an amazing vegan bakery right near Okayama Station called Tere Coco. And uh, she also does online delivery, which has been really useful during COVID slowdown. There is also another place, a very amazing, wonderful Indian food called Malenga. Have you ever mm -hmm. been there, Dave? Um, I'm not sure if I've been to that one, but we, for whatever reason, we have a wide variety of Indian and Nepali food here, which pleases me greatly. I was quite surprised that I've made friends with several folks from different parts of India and Nepal who are always happy to know that I've visited their country. And so, uh, you know, sometimes being this color of foreigner, we stick out a little bit in Japan, but I'm, uh, you know, here in Okayama, I'm really happy to see that there's a, a really diverse international community. Plus, I love uh, I love Indian and, and Nepali food. So, yeah, there is uh, definitely worth going to Malenga, seeking it out. Uh, very unusual. We have a lot of great Indian restaurants all around Japan, but it's very unusual to find Southern Indian. So right. here in this picture, we see the dosa, which when I visited India, I love the dosa so much. It's kind of it's made from a fermented bean this kind of pancake and it has curry inside and it is just so delicious. So it was really nice to find that. There's also a crazy Tex-Mex place called Freedom Tacos, which we found and they were able to do vegan and vegetarian food for us as well. He has uh, loads of masks inside for the Mexican wrestling, which was really fun <laughs> if you go there with kids. <laughs> And another thing that I really liked when walking around the city is there's an uh, area that goes right through the center of the city. Uh, it's called the Ushimaru Canal Walk. Yeah. And if you're going to walk through the city, I always try to avoid crowds and find some tree-lined street. And I just love this canal walk and how they've they've left all these beautiful trees next to the canal. It reminded me a bit of when I visited Nagasaki. They had a sim similar type of walking area. But yeah. there's some nice cafes and bars and coffee shops along the way. And um, great public art, as you see here oh, in the picture. So public art good. all along the way. So this is a real favorite place. And that picture right there is right next to the hotel that was sort of our central meeting place for uh, our friends who came in for the wedding. So I was down at this point on the way to a doctor's office and took this exact same picture just the other day to send to my friends to say, um, thinking of you. And, you know, just if I can tangent off of that, um, last night, knowing I was gonna come on your show today, I sent a message to a little group that we still maintain from all the folks who came to visit, asking about their favorite things about Okayama. And they, they all mentioned just wandering around all the little shopping arcades and just walking around aimlessly. And you always felt safe. There wasn't all the scammers and schemers that sometimes you see in sort of seedyish districts in, in some of the bigger cities and all kinds of little great uh, cafes who were also welcoming to international guests. That's awesome. Yeah, totally makes a difference uh, to us as well. If we can find anywhere where they're welcoming and happy to see us, then we're happy to be there, you know? <laughs> and yeah. one other place before I forget, uh, really yeah. near the station, it's called The Market. And it has yeah. just really 
good quality uh, handmade breads that they're making every day. They have a great uh, deli section so they can make you fresh sandwiches. They've got soups. A lot of it is vegan and vegetarian right opposite from the cafe. They've got a little health food shop with a lot of organic fair trade and import stuffs, which is really usually hard to find in Japan. So it was really nice find for us. And they were so flexible, which is so great to find in Japan too. Yeah. So when I said, oh, I'd really like a sandwich, but can you make it without mayonnaise or cheese? And they were like, yeah, absolutely, no problem. So that was great. And the market, they will sometimes do kind of uh, nighttime events where they'll put out all the patio tables. They'll, uh, a, another friend who has a, a, a super small craft brewery, like a, a 1.5 person operation called Koti, Kochi Beer, K-O-T-I Beer, that's like exquisite. He will have a little tap going on there. Um, they'll have um, my friend, the, um, uh, Mac the Goat Farmer, will come there with his uh, uh, goat cheese. And it looks like a Van Gogh cafe terrace at night scene right there on that little street. And it's worth noting that, you know, when you first showed the picture of coming out of Okayama Eki, uh, generally you go out the east, uh, you know, the east access point, And that takes you right into there's the big camera and all the bar hotels and commotion. But if you go out the west side, this is where you see the market and there's more kind of students and small little stand-up cafes and there's a great uh, kind of like hostel slash live music place slash um uh place to to eat and um hang out especially in the evenings called camp k-a-m-p that's a great place to stay and hang and it's in one of these covered shopping arcade streets that has a lot uh more kind of interesting shops that would appear to appeal to travelers rather than the kind of the uh, the usual run of the day stuff that you'll find on the east side. So if you're looking for a little bit more of a fun wander, head west rather than east when you come out of the station and you'll find the market in other places like that. Definitely. And we would be remiss not to mention the beautiful Okayama Castle uh, River area and the gardens, which is right next to it. I think that is right. really stunning. Um, definitely worth walking in from the station to just see that. Uh, I was really impressed with that. You must have been there before. Well, Korokuen, Kor oh, for sure. Um, I'm just trying to get a link here of a little photo, of a little photo essay I've done of this. Um, uh, Korokuen is one of the three uh, great classical gardens of Japan. And it goes on and on. It's a really a lovely way to uh, to spend the day because there's the wildlife in there. There's a tea shop. There's all kinds of little sections of the garden. It goes on and on. Uh, it's quite extensive. And if you ever look at a usual top things to see in Okayama list, it's always at the top of the list. The castle is right there and has an imposing view. Of course, like a lot of the castles uh, in Japan, it was rebuilt post-war because uh, Okayama was extensively bombed during the war, uh, but this castle is nicknamed the Crow Castle because it's black uh, in, in color. And when you, uh, one of the fun things you can do is if you sign up, you can um, do some uh, dress up in traditional Edo period uh, wear and take a picture. And I can't resist an opportunity to dress up in a neat outfit and take a photo. So, you know, you know, I did that. So it's it's a <laughs> it's lovely to walk around and 
the park, uh, the garden, of course, it has special events uh, going on all the time. We were there a few times during this uh, restricted, the restricted times to see some musical performances. And we've been there for different tea ceremony events. Uh, one event where they had five different buildings, historic buildings, all doing tea ceremony. And you go one by one to do the different styles of tea ceremony. And I, by the end of it, I could not feel my legs and I could not sleep for three days after, after, oh afterwards. No, <laughs> something I noticed on the official Okayama uh, website was recommending you get to another castle called Castle in the Clouds. Have you been to that one, uh, Bichu Matsuyama Castle? Uh, no, I haven't. But it's yeah, it's another one of the places that you really should go, and you know, on all the all the lists. But um, I'm just giving you a link to Korakuen on a, my photo essay here because it's you know it's pretty awesome. But um, there's a there's a a cycling pathway called the Sun Road or something to that effect um, that you can rent bikes at either end and it takes you past uh, those castles and then ends you up in a uh, village of Soja. And uh, there's uh, and you can drop off bikes at one stage, pick up at one station, drop off at another, and then there's art galleries and hot, hot springs at the end of the road. That's but along awesome. that path uh, is one of the it's 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 tied into the the Bichu, which also foreign friends have a lot of fun with that name. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> um, there's another area I haven't been to, but it looks amazing called Katsuyama. It's a yeah. town with colorful Norden, uh, mm. the hanging just like behind me in front of all the shops. And uh, I definitely want to go there. It sounds like it has a sake brewery. So basically, when I'm looking for sustainable travel, places I want to go, I want to find somewhere where I can spend time in in the same area, walk around, cycle around and see a bunch of different things in the same area. Something I do not want to do is spend all my time in my car, going from one spot, seeing a museum, getting in my car, going to another spot. No, I don't like that. And that's not the kind of travel I think most of us want to do. So Okayama City is great. You can spend a lot of time cycling, walking around. There's a lot of like Ushimado is great. You can walk around that area, easy to get around. Uh, Bizen is great because you can get there by train and then walk around the area. And then we're going to talk about Kojima as well, which is another great area. Yeah. If you get there, you've got lots to walk around, lots to see, especially if you love denim, right? Right. But can I, I want to hit on Katsuyama first because Katsuyama yes, yes. Is, go, a, go. is an absolute beauty. Uh, we went, went up there just a couple months ago with, with my in-laws on a little family outing. And it was a great place to go because exactly you park your car and you can walk and walk and walk. And there's the Norden coverings, um, which I have a whole photo essay that's not quite finished yet because they're fantastic. And every store has its own little custom, custom style. And uh, several, uh, uh, quite some time ago, the, the municipality invited my wife and I and some other guests up to do a special tour off there in these doing fermented foods, including the sake breweries and uh, places making miso and, um, and vinegar and soyu. 
And so they're really making an effort to bring people in to do exactly what you're saying, which is stay for a while, look around and do the stuff that's not, uh, you know, electronics and action and, and activity. Take the time to really enjoy the, the traditional handicrafts. And yeah, you see it's this adorable little walking street and it's like going back in time. And uh, you saw that post box right there. That was the photo from the original, from the last time I did the, your, uh, your show. So Katsuyama is, is absolutely adorable. And then nearby um, is Yubara, which is uh, a hot springs town up a really steep canyon. And there's some kind of those old kind of grand Budapest hotel sort of hotels. You can stay there. And then there's a great outdoor Rotenboro. And you can even um, go in there uh, with robes for modesty if you prefer. Uh, so Katsuyama and then that area of uh, uh, Maniwa, Akiwa, around there has they're really making an effort to build up sustainable tourism and in fact if you look closely at the official tourism brochure you'll see a little tiny picture of me i'm inspecting a sake a sake brewery but i'm covered with mask and a whole white uh safety suit because it's you know it's serious business but you might you might if you look close if That's you find okay. me i'll send you a postcard yeah sounds good okay kojima all right, let's Jean go to Street. Kojima, Jean Street, because uh, Kojima is very easy to access yeah. and it has a theme which is very unique to Japan and very appealing for international visitors, denim, jeans. And I mentioned this when I talked about Naoshima and a uh, coffee shop uh, run by uh, a couple and he used to work in the denim industry and now he's using offcuts from the denim industry to make products with his wife for their coffee shop on Naoshima. And there's a company there, Betty Smith, which has started doing the same thing. Um, I'd never heard of Betty Smith before. It sounds like an American brand. So I expected it to have American ties, but it's a Japanese brand made in Kojima. And uh, they have a jeans museum. Uh, they have these Echo products where they uh, sell like pencil cases and different things. Uh, they were asked by elementary school groups that were visiting the museum, don't you have any small souvenirs we can buy? And so they took that feedback from the, the visitors and they applied it to reuse some of the offcuts from making jeans that they weren't using and make products. So upcycling, using the waste to make an extra product. I love that, of course. Well, look, I have a visual aid right here. This is from Yay. Karaski, the, the municipality where Kojima is. And for their Jazz Street event, uh, upcycled coasters made from denim. But Kojima is a blast. Like, um, the Okayam, besides peaches, is also famous for making school uniforms. And also that's the denim, in, uh, ties into the denim industry. And you go down street to street to street, and it's nothing but these denim makers and people making, people making jeans. And you can get your custom ones. You can get them off the rack. I bought a couple of just off, off piece, cut off pieces of, of cloth that I use in my studio. And... The Betty Smith one that you mentioned, um, yeah, they sort of riffing off that uh, American name. And then there's also another jeans company called Momotaro. And you can spend yourself a few hundred bucks on a pair of jeans, but they will be the coolest, best, exactly what you want jeans you've ever seen in your life. 
the fabrics are really remarkable and they've really, as you see with the jeans going across the clotheslines and stuff across the street, they really have a lot of fun with it. So it's a, it's a, it's definitely a fun day out. Also right in that area is a great old preserved house that was a salt maker from back in the olden days. And they've done a wonderful job preserving this where it's a little bit of an interactive museum. Sometimes you go to, you know, museums and it's just all hands off. You can't see anything or touch anything, but uh, you can really walk through and, and get a sense of old Japanese life. So again, it's a place you park the car and you can go wander around. And of course there's great little cafes and, yeah. and fun, fun vibes there. So I, I put a link in there in, in to, to some of the stuff in the, uh, chat as well. Yes, That's Momotaro awesome. Jeans is getting a, a, a special thumbs up. Yeah, and let I have to mention something about the jeans in just a second. But I love all of the quirkiness of this area. So you see like an old coffee shop, uh, which is now adding some jeans, uh, little specialty items. So they have a jeans lunchbox. I've never seen anything like that around Japan. I thought it was great. Um, also, give a shout out to the awesome staff at some of the lesser known brands. Like this uh, shop yeah. is Tenyo Denim. And the staff are so nice. And in fact, Momotaro is very well known. And so most people just go there. But a lot of the smaller shops, they have just as good, very high quality oh, yeah. denim, super nice staff. Uh, a lot of people who are bilingual because they get so many international visitors. It was really nice to see. My son in the picture there in the green jacket, he really liked this Tenyo shop because they were so nice to him. And they were, you know, he's a 16 year old kid, but they were helping him find the right size and everything. Now I do have to mention for any curvy ladies like myself, it's going to be very hard to find jeans that fit in Momotaro or any of the shops. Um, but if you have a straight jeans type of body or you are a man, you will be in luck. <laughs> but also you can get any kind of custom, if, if whatever you want. And this is a pair of jeans that will be a pair of legacy jeans you will have uh, for, for decades. Awesome. So treat yourself. Yes. Treat yourself, JJ. Yeah, absolutely. And pass it down to your kids. It's going to last yep. for ages, right? That's a great thing about these. In fact, uh, it's unfortunate that my son has grown out of the jeans, but now his younger sister is, is able to wear them. So, you know, you can use <laughs> these high quality jeans for a long time. It's awesome. So cool. So cool. <laughs> Yeah, no disposable fast fashion here. These are these are yeah. legacy. And I think it's really important what you say about these small makers because you really develop a relationship with the folks who are making your clothes and how many items of clothes do you have that you can really say that about. Absolutely. Yeah, let's uh, go to Bizen. Uh, so the Bizen city apparently has a population of 35,000. But the main town area is quite a small little town, very walkable, uh, very easy to walk around. Of course, Bizen, as we heard from one of the guests in the series, Robert Yellen, Bizen is very famous for its pottery, has beautiful handmade pottery. And one of the things that I loved learning about um, in Bizen was how the clay used to make the pottery comes from underneath 
hundreds of years old of rice paddies. That's where the best bizanyaki comes from. That's the clay that they want. Mm -hmm. And so it's so pristine and so pure that like we saw in the uh, Olive Garden coffee shop, using the pottery to also keep water is supposed to improve the taste of the water. So they, they sell these bizanyaki bowls that you can put in your filtered tap water and improve the taste as well. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, I've, I went to uh, here to do like a tourism destination branding project. And so I went around with a local guide and they took me to this really cool shrine just off of one of the back streets. And all the tiles on all the buildings in the shrine were made of bizanyaki, of bizan pottery. And it was a really cool place that I think a lot of people might not know about. It's also wonderful to see all this high quality bizan uh, pottery. You can get plates, dishes, and cups that you can use for a long time. Uh, if it breaks, you can repair it using gold, right? The QCD yes. is very popular. I have a Bizen mug that I'm using right now. Very appropriate for today. It, used it for years. Um, it's just a really special place, and I think it's quite underrated. So even if you don't do a Bizen Yaki workshop, I think it's still worth walking around and seeing the town. Have you been there, Dave? Yeah, for sure. And I just put some links links in there to show a couple pictures because we went there when uh, 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 they did it like a Bizanyaki artist kind of like garage sale kind of day where all the master potters who's thousands of dollars do all their kind of like their seconds, their oddballs, their damaged goods. Plus, it's like just a, um, you know, their annual festival. And all these shops have stuff out front that you can buy something for well much more reasonable price and take home to add to your collection and it's a very cute town to, to walk around in fact if i can switch to my screen with this present uh, button yeah, yeah you should be able let's to. try this okay let's Let try this sorcery yeah try it do you see how to do it uh it said it said i failed it said i okay. failed um it looks like it's Let, coming in now. No, failed. <laughs> okay, okay, well, anyway, I have some cute pictures of do go into the firing I mentioned earlier, where uh, we went uh, to Bizen, middle of the night, found this master potter, Hosokawa was his name, is his name, and went through the whole process. And it's incredible because it's really to create one piece, it's a month-long process of all the different steps along the way. Um, the firing, you know, it's just one of one of the many steps but like you said i uh, you know uh getting the clay and sometimes you'll get to your point about it makes the water or whatever better you'll get uh, coffee places or even ramen shops who for their special deluxe you can get it in a bizen cup or a bizen bowl so our favorite ramen place for the super deluxe ramen you get it in a bizen bowl which adds to the aesthetics as well as apparently the possibly the taste Sorry, the cat just jumped down right next to me, scared the <laughs> hell out of me. Um, I'm showing pictures of one of my visits, and I did do a Bizen Yaki Making Pottery Workshop, and I learned so much. Um, my cup that I'm holding right now, 
was made at the workshop. I cannot take much credit because I mm -hmm. was very closely overseen by a master. I really respect and appreciate the fact that he helped me make something I can use. If it was just me left to my unknown, I have no idea about pottery ways, nothing I could use except maybe a plate, uh, which might have been cool, but he made it look beautiful. And well, one, one of the things I didn't know is that they end up loading these long, narrow kilns, where, which was next to the studio where we were doing the pottery. They load the kiln for months. And then they do the firing for like a, a week and they have to stay up 24 seven during the firing to make sure it's at the perfect temperature um, over a long period. And it was just so impressive. And it's not on this cup, but a lot of the bizanyaki you'll see, it has like a flash of color. And that's because they often wrap the pieces with straw before they put it in the kiln so that it has special artistic flares while it's firing. And I just, I think the whole process is really important to preserve that heritage and history of the area, but also the products at the end are really special. But unless yeah. you know how hard it is to make it that way, I think you don't really appreciate it as much. So they do need clear communication in marketing to make sure people can appreciate it, right? Right. Um, so I'm going back here to my notes and my pictures. I was going to try to show you of the firing and, you know, they nest, they, they actually nest the ceramic pieces together and then stuff the straw in them, which it said the ash of that creates the flares and the effect as a five day firing, but it takes several days to build the kiln and then cool down the kiln and disassemble the kiln because they fire it um, from 816 to 1157 degrees Celsius. And along the way, so many of the pots don't survive the process. So the ones that do um, are particularly precious. One other note about, you know, you're talking about your mug, you know, sort of Western sensibilities to use a very generalized term, ceramics should be all smooth and symmetrical and flawless. But in Bizen, it's really the, um, the, the thought of imperfections and the nuance and the little quirkiness to it is really the part that makes it special. So, you know, to the, sometimes people look at it and go, well, geez, a kid could have made this because it looks just kind of squished together. And then you see all the nuance. And as you start to understand it, you really understand why, why these things are, are treasures in the works of a master. Definitely. Um, yeah, the bumps, the bumps on it, the imperfections that make it unique are really special. This is something Robert Yellen from his Kyoto uh, Pottery and Ceramics Studio often says when he's on the on the talk show series. Um, so yeah, it's such a special place. I would highly recommend it. They have a great museum there. Um, as I mentioned, the shrine is really cool and people don't know about it so much. So definitely take time to wander around uh, before I, I've, we leave the Bizen area. Uh, two th reasons you will see chimneys around Japan. Uh, one is the pottery and another is sake. So we see a lot of the chimneys around uh, Hiroshima sake breweries. And in Bizen, you'll see the chimneys around where they fire their beautiful pottery from the area. So I think that's really cool to look for. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, uh, we have oh nine more minutes. Let's go to Shiraishi Island. Okay, you, but we have you. But been? I need to. I need to mention Karaski. Okay. Yes, yes. Well, the reason I was not going to mention Kurashiki is because it's awesome, but like Kyoto, it has too many visitors. So oh, okay. it is one of the areas that is always promoted, has lots of great hotels, lots of great restaurants. Yes, but it is overcrowded. So I wanted mm. to spend time on things that are not over touristed, if that's okay. That's an excellent idea. I just got to say the Ohara Museum there, if it was in New York or Paris, there would be a lineup around the block. If you want to see a Gauguin and Matisse and with no security guards, don't get any ideas about stealing it. That's your place. That's all I'll say about Karaski. Yeah, no, it's, it is awesome. Uh, I, I love Kurashiki. I've been many times. If you do go anywhere that's really busy, like Kurashiki, like Kyoto Central, uh, you want to go early morning or late in the evening. That's just the way to do it. Uh, get there before and leave by 10 a.m. Uh, get there after 2 and, you know, stay for the evening views. Don't go between 10 and 2. It's just not worth it, even mm -hmm. on the weekdays. But particularly if it's a holiday or weekend, oh, yeah, yeah. it's just craziness. Well noted. <laughs> All right, let's go to Shiraishi Island because I Great. think it's a lovely place that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, we've been many times. You mentioned Amy and Paul. Paul has a beautiful sailboat. They do sailing tours. Uh, they both have like a beach cafe. Uh, they've given my finicky kids some really nice cereal breakfast instead of the fish and rice uh, that you might get at the local Japanese eatery for breakfast. So we did really enjoy staying there uh, when the kids were small. It was a great place. But just to be transparent, this is the view from the beach. So just be mm. aware that although it is beautiful, you will never see that industrial view in any of the tourist brochures about Shiraishi <laughs> Island. You do have a direct view of heavy industry. So just just to note that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's important. And I haven't made it out there myself, but I've been a fan of Amy's work for some time. And uh, um, but yeah, this it's it's you know, it's a big difference. When I first lived in Japan, I lived on the Sea of Japan side. Uh, and then uh, but the Pacific side is much more built up and industrialized where the Sea of Japan side is, well, it's, it's very, it's, it's quite different indeed. It's hard to escape those industrial things somewhere in the distance. There's always a cement factory somewhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Shiraishi Island, I would say like Maijima, there are places to stay. Uh, hardly anybody goes there. You pretty much have the place to yourself. Um, it's a really quaint little charming port town that they have with a few shops. There's a, a post office there, Dave, with its own little oh. post box if you're looking for it. Of course, um, that's always my first stop. <laughs> there's also great trails for hiking. And you can see here, uh, we went, Amy organized a wonderful trail race on the island, which brought a lot of people there. And this was people running through this red Tory gate on the way down and then along the coast for the trail run. And I thought that was gorgeous. They also had a, an international villa up on the hill where you could get views like this of the sunset. 
it's a beautiful place, but yeah, just be aware you will see heavy industry across the bay. <laughs> and uh, we've only got five more minutes, Dave. Anything we there's, there's haven't no getting, mentioned? There's no getting around it. Yeah. Anything we haven't mentioned? I just put a link in there in the chat. Yeah. My my very favorite place in Okayama, and this is it's a little personal, but it's an absolutely great place to visit, which is my buddy Matt Kobayashi's goat farm, rural Caprine farm. And it seems like you come all the way to Japan and you're going to go to a goat farm. I tell you, it's it's a little slice of uh, heaven. I uh, Matt's been my friend for 30 years. It used to be a it's a generational dairy farm, but there's goats wandering around everywhere. There's some other animals, some big pigs, and he makes this ridiculous, fantastic homemade food. He has an epic record collection, and you know it's not quite the Ohara Museum, but my paintings are on display there, also with no security guards. Don't get wow. any ideas. So it's a great way. You know, sometimes traveling around Japan, you get a little sensory overloaded. Um, you know, going to every temple and every place and chasing around. And this is a, a little oasis uh, where you can come in and hide out and just enjoy regular farm life. And if goat milk lattes isn't enough to tempt you, the goat milk soft cream will definitely get you there. Okay, let me see if I can show the page. I think I've got Yagimilk.com this. I think I've got it up. There it is. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, looks good. And again, a great place to hang out with the kids. Um, we actually went out there um, yesterday with our little Ichiro, and I was teasing it. Looks like, oh, look at that poetry haiku on a post box. I wonder who could have possibly come up with that idea. No idea. Um, I was teasing that it looked like a nursery school with all the parents bringing their young kids there. But you can walk around and play with uh, play with the animals, and there's always great music going. So. Um, and you can get to it uh, relatively easy. Um, so that's that's my that's my hidden treasure of Okayama. And I'll also say that in the links I put a, uh, a um, in the comments I put a link to kind of my guidebook to all my favorite stuff in Okayama. But I love living here. I'm going to live in Okayama forever. So if anyone has any questions, I'm I'm very happy to uh, help out um, with any kind of little weird things. Like I know the best ramen in the city. So there's that. Wow, that's always popular. People are always asking that. Uh, one place that I really want to get to, um, I've mentioned uh, Naoshima and Teshima, which I think Benese organization, the company Benese is doing a great job promoting yeah. all the art. Now there's one island that I haven't been to, which is Okayama. Sorry, not me. I don't want to promote. Here we go. Uh, so this is the Benese official website for Inujima. Inujima is easy to remember uh, kanji because it means dog island, yeah. I think. Yeah. But they have done a beautiful job. If we're talking about sustainability, this is the place I want to go. It is a refurbished copper mine made into an art museum. And they're reusing all these old derelict buildings from the old factory. They are using a special system underground to recycle the wastewater and treat water before it goes out to the sea to make sure it's cleaner. I just, I have to get here. It just looks like a perfect example of innovation and art 
and reuse of waste into something you can use and something that actually brings people and attracts people to your area. So this is a great example. Yeah, that's absolutely the truth. And I think this would make a great sustainable travel live show as a destination. And maybe me and my resident arborist can tag along on that adventure with you. Yes, yes, let's do it. That sounds awesome. Well, that is our time. We've done it, Dave. We covered a We've range, only just begun. <laughs> a range of areas to visit in Okayama, but we have not covered everything. There's still a lot that we didn't talk about, but I think we have introduced so much that is is not often talked about on the travel site. So hopefully giving people ideas about how to get off the beaten track, how to spend time and really enjoy your travel in Okayama. And in closing, I just want to uh, show the, the live video debut of my new wood stove. In, in, uh, it looks uh, great. It looks great. Good job. Here. Very excited. It's now starting to get a little bit chilly. We did some family wood chopping the other day. Handy benefit of an arborist wife is plenty of wood and getting ready to fire that up. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, we've had some great comments today. Thanks, guys. Uh, Chris Kung says, Naoshima Island is amazing. Yes, I talked about Naoshima uh, on a previous episode. That's Kagawa, although it's very near Okayama. But thanks for bringing that up. Allison I said, think Chris I've also went to on- Idojima as well when, I, oh, when yeah? he was visiting. Okay, yeah. awesome. Uh, Allison from Facebook, thanks for joining. I've seen him on Japanese TV, riding into town and delivering to local businesses. Is she talking about you, Dave? No, the uh, Mac the Goat Farmer. Oh, Mac the Goat Farmer. Okay. Yeah, with his yeah. cheese, he delivers it to all the high-end little cafes and restaurants. I've gone along with him on his rounds, and it's it's uh, it's really fun. The guy's a bit of a uh, an Okayama legend, as well. Yeah, and uh, Allison is asking for links. Uh, to all the restaurants and places we mentioned. I think it's all on your website, right, Dave? We'll definitely put the link below. Yeah, lots of things on there. Um, if anything missing, hit me up and I'll try and hook you up. Awesome. And uh, Kyle says, Dave Olson and JJ are pressing video tech. Yes, we were we were going for it today with presenting our screens. It sometimes worked, it sometimes didn't work. Saki, so much great uh, links and comments there. Thank you so much. Saki is based in Okayama. So if you want to follow her on Just a Japanese Girl uh, here on HAPS, she does a lot of live stream walkarounds from Okayama. Thanks for joining, Saki. Hello. (laughs) That's awesome. Thanks, everybody, so much. Have a great day. And uh, join us again tomorrow as we talk about Yamaguchi. So we're doing three days of the Setouchi area. Today, Okayama. Tomorrow, Yamaguchi. And Wednesday's Hiroshima. Thanks right, so much, here Dave. Here's a friend of your coffee kanpai. Coffee kanpai. Coffee kanpai. Ready? Kanpai. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, everyone. Awesome. Have Thanks a great day. Me. Thanks, Dave. <laughs>